All right, praises be to our loving Father that we are able to gather once again to study his words and commands. Today is part three of our series concerning the Iglesia Ni Cristo stand concerning the observance of Sabbath. We all know that the Iglesia Ni Cristo is a prolific and prodigious religion uh, that came from the Philippines. Um, they teach that the Sabbath is no longer to be observed by Christians because they believe the Ten Commandments no longer apply during our time. However, as we have discussed in parts one and parts two, we know and we have showed you the error of the Iglesia de Cristo, and we will continue to do the same in part three of this series. And let's go ahead and take a look at Brother Bob, who is the host of That's in the Bible, a program brought to you by the Iglesia de Cristo. Let's listen to what, what he says concerning the Sabbath during the Christian era. You know, God put a total and complete end to that commandment. And inasmuch as we're living much later, was there any guidance from Jesus and his disciples concerning the Sabbath in this, what is known as the Christian era of time, and thus it would be uh, followed by the church? There is. The Lord Jesus himself stated that, well, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And he, he, was, he was criticized harshly for that. He, was, he healed uh, sick people on the Sabbath day and uh, so many others, other things. And when the Pharisees saw him doing this on a day that, well, the Jews had considered a, a sacred day, they accused him of, well, not even being from God. But we all know that our Lord Jesus Christ did not commit any sin when he didn't, uh, did not observe the Sabbath. Why not? He knew there was no more Sabbath. He knew it. So there you have it, brethren. We have uh, Brother Bob, and he is asking the question, is there a Sabbath in the Christian era or in the Christian time, which is, of course, our time today. And so he believes it is no longer applicable during the Christian era because Christ abolished the Sabbath. And he even uses Matthew chapter 12 and the verses 12 uh, to prove that during our time, Yahusha no longer teaches us to observe the Sabbath. Now, when you look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 12, you know, it reminds me of a passage from our Lord Yahusha himself that I'm going to read before we go ahead and analyze and scrutinize Matthew 12 and 12. What is that? Matthew 13 this is what Yahusha said to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they, will, they have will be taken away from them. So here's our King Yahushua, and from this passage, he tells us that he considers it important that we grow in abundance of knowledge. He doesn't want his followers to lose knowledge, but to gain knowledge. But haven't you noticed there are people today who have been members of their religion for a long time, but instead of increasing in the abundance of knowledge, what happens to them? They lose their knowledge. That's because it's being taken away from them. What is the key so that our knowledge will grow in abundance? Yahusha himself says the key is to listen to my 
teaching. You see, if we want our knowledge about Yahuwah, about Yahushua, about the Bible and the will of Abba, if we want our knowledge to grow in abundance, it begins with who? Yahushua. You see, if it doesn't begin with Yahushua, if it begins with someone else other than Yahushua, if it begins with your spirit telling you what to believe, then we're not going to grow with knowledge. Instead, the knowledge that we have, which is little, is going to become less and less until it's taken away. And so we need to always make sure the focus, the foundation, the basis when it comes to our knowledge of Yahuwah and his will is to listen to who? Yahushua. He must be the foundation, the foundation of everything we do as we worship Yahuwah and his beloved son. It is unfortunate there are people today who instead of making Yahushua the foundation, they make someone else the foundation. There are those who say, do not add or subtract from what was taught by Brother Felix Y. Manolo, isn't this true? You know, before we started the assembly of Yahushua, there were people who called me, namely ministers. It was Brother Farley, Brother Lower Menorca, and they confronted me and they said to me, why are you teaching doctrines that Brother Felix Manalo never taught? Because they insisted, they actually used these words, do not add or subtract from what was taught by Brother Felix Y. Manalo. And that was the point from which I had to separate from them because they were Manalo-centric, not Yahushua-centric. Because if we want to grow in our ministry, we need to make as our foundation, not Brother Felix Manalo, but our King and Lord, Yahushua. And so they were insisting, do not add or subtract from what was taught by Brother Felix by Manalo. However, if that is the case, if that is their stand, then why do they believe in the small remnant prophecy? That was never taught by Brother Felix Manalo. It was never taught by Brother Iran Manalo. So why do they take up this small remnant oppressed thing, prophecy, when it was never taught by Brother Felix Y. Manalo? It boggles the mind indeed. And also, those who insist that we should not add or subtract from what was taught by Brother Felix Y. Manalo, then we should also not add or subtract from what was taught by Brother Martin Luther, right? Because he too is considered what? An angel or messenger. The point is, yes, I believe in the ministry, Brother Felix Manalo. I believe in the ministry of Brother Martin Luther. However, they are incomplete. It's not complete. What is complete is the ministry of Yahushua HaMashiach. This is why we need to begin with Yahushua, not with Martin Luther. We need to begin with Yahushua not with Brother Felix Y. Manalo. This is why Yahushua says, listen to his teaching. He says, my teaching. You know, if we don't begin with the teaching of our King Yahushua, you know what's eventually going to happen to us, even if we read the Holy Scriptures? Let's keep reading what it says. Verse 13, that is why I use these parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their ears, then their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me 
heal them. If we will begin, if we will have our foundation of spiritual understanding and knowledge, someone other than Yahushua, what will happen to us even if we read scriptures? Bible says we will see, right? But we will not understand. We, we will have eyes, but we cannot see. We will have ears, but we cannot hear. And we will not be able to understand. And this is also true when it comes to the subject of the Sabbath. This is why you go back, if we go back to Matthew chapter 12, Brother Bob is insisting that our King Yahusha abolish the Sabbath, that we no longer should observe the Sabbath. Yet he uses Matthew 12 and the verses 12. Why don't you look at Matthew 12, verse 12? He put this on the screen for everyone to see. He has seen this passage and he has read this passage. But does he understand this passage? Take a look at what it actually says. Yahusha says what? It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. What does that mean? Keep looking. Brother Bob, please look at what you actually put on the screen. Because when you think about it, if it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath, what does that imply? What does that mean? It means it is lawful to observe the Sabbath because it doesn't make any sense for Yahusha to say it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath when you should not be observing the Sabbath. And so when Yahusha says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath, it means we should observe what? The Sabbath. It's like if someone says it's lawful to drive 70 miles per hour on Highway 101, are we going to conclude, oh, we're no longer allowed to drive on Highway 101? That doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, if you see, if you see a sign that says it's lawful to drive at 70 miles per hour on Highway 101, what does that mean? It's lawful to drive on Highway 101. This is why Matthew 12, 12, when you look at it with understanding, because your basis is, is what Yahusha is teaching and not what somebody else is teaching. If our foundation is Yahusha and we listen to his voice, then our eyes will be open and we will see the clarity of what Yahusha said there. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And so here, Yahusha does not abolish the Sabbath. Instead, he is clarifying. He is restoring the correct way to observe the Sabbath. Why? Why was there a need for our King Yahushua to correct, to restore the correct observance of Sabbath? Because there was a great misunderstanding about what one must do to correctly observe the Sabbath, including the Iglesia Nicrisos understanding. This is quite evident in what Brother Bob says in the video. I don't know if you caught it, but I took the quotes. And this is what he said verbatim. The Lord Jesus stated that it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Of course, he was criticized harshly for that. He healed sick people on the Sabbath day and did so many other things that when the Pharisees saw him doing this on, on a day that, well, the Jews had considered a sacred day, they accused him of, well, not even being from God. But we all know that our Lord Jesus Christ did not commit any sin when he did not observe the Sabbath. Why not? He knew there was no more Sabbath. He knew it. And so this is the argument that the Iglesia Ni Cristo puts forward, led by Brother Bob, concerning why 
Yahushua, the Christ, is no longer teaching us to observe the Sabbath. He says, and I quote in the yellow, the highlight, but we all know that our Lord Jesus Christ did not commit any sin. He did not observe the Sabbath. Why not? He knew there was no more Sabbath. He knew it. And so let's go ahead and analyze the argument presented here by Brother Bob. It basically is outlined like this. The Lord Jesus Christ did not commit sin. Okay. The Lord Jesus Christ did not observe the Sabbath. Therefore, the Sabbath no longer applied to Christians. You see the logic of Brother Bob's argumentation? And so when we look at it individually, for example, the Lord Jesus Christ did not commit sin. We agree 100%. This is correct because it's biblical. We find it in the, in the Holy Scriptures. The Lord Yahusha, the Christ, is one person who is perfect. He is without sin. But when we look at the next line where it says the Lord Jesus Christ did not observe the Sabbath, that's a big question mark. Where did he get that conclusion from? Where did he get that statement from? That the Lord Jesus Christ did not observe the Sabbath. If we go back to his argumentation on the right, he got it right there. Because he says, Yahusha healed sick people on the Sabbath and did many other things that when the Pharisees saw him, the Pharisees criticized him. And so the basis of Brother Bob in making the conclusion that Yahushua did not observe the Sabbath is because he healed on Sabbath day. You see that, right? But is that biblical? First of all, brothers and sisters, we do agree. We do agree. Christ did not observe the Sabbath. Yeah. Christ did not observe the Sabbath taught by the Pharisees, right? But the question is, did Christ observe the Sabbath taught by God? Yes. You see, there's a big difference between the Sabbath taught by God and the Sabbath taught by the Pharisees. What are these differences? Why do we know there's a difference between the Sabbath taught by God that he gave to Moses, right? And the Sabbath observed and taught by the Pharisees. In Matthew 16, 6, 11, 12, then Yahusha said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How is it? You do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Here, our King Yahushua is warning us about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, what is that? The leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Here, Yahushua is not talking about bread. He's talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because many of the doctrines taught and observed by the Pharisees, leaven was added. What is the leaven that was added by the Pharisees? What does that represent? Mark 7, 1 to 5. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem, now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews 
do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders when they come from the marketplace. They do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold like the washing of cups, pitcher, copper vessels and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? What's, what is the leaven of the Pharisee in terms of doctrine? It represents the tradition of the elders. In other words, the rules and regulations added to scripture. Rules and regulations added to the Torah. This is why the rabbis have what is called the Talmud, the Mishnah, right? There are traditions that the Pharisees invented that they added to doctrine. This is why we need to be careful about the leaven of the Pharisees. What does King Yahushua say concerning the leaven of the Pharisees, the tradition of the elders? Mark 767. He answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. What did our King Yahushua use to describe the leaven of the doctrine of the Pharisees? Commandments of Men, their leaven, they added to the doctrine. And sometimes the leaven, oftentimes actually, contradict the actual command of God. What's an example? Math, Mark uh, 7, 8 to 13. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. The washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. He said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. So Yahushua accuses the Pharisees, not just of adding rules and traditions to the Torah, but also negating the Torah because of these rules and traditions. And he gives many examples and he says, and many such things you do. And so when we look at the observance of Sabbath, Sabbath as taught by the Pharisees, they added so much leaven. What's the proof? Well, let's keep, go ahead and take a look at what is recorded in the Mishnah and the Talmud. Take note, this is not the Torah, right? This is not the Old Testament. This is the leaven that Yahushua was talking about. The Mishnah lists 39 major types of labors forbidden on the Sabbath day. The first 11 of these were steps in the preparation of bread, sowing, plowing, weeping, binding, sheaves, threshing, winnowing, selecting, grinding, sifting, kneading, and baking. 
The next 12 apply to the preparation of clothing, from the shearing of sheep to sewing of cloth. These laws are followed by seven steps in preparing the corpse of a deer for use as food and for leather. The remaining items deal with riding, building, kindling, and putting out fires and carriage of things from one location to another. In addition to these major regulations, there were countless, you can't even count it, so many. There were countless other provisions concerning the observance of the Sabbath. The most known is the Sabbath day's journey. Somewhat, uh, it was also counted as Sabbath breaking to look in a mirror fixed to the wall or even to light a candle. And you could not even write on the day of Sabbath. The prohibition regarding writing on the Sabbath was further defined as follows. He who writes two letters with his right hand or his left hand, whether of one kind of letter or two kinds, is guilty. He even who should from forgetfulness write two letters is guilty. Also, he who writes on two walls, which form an angle, or on the two tablets of his account book so that they can be read together is guilty. You notice all these rules and regulations and traditions concerning the observance of Sabbath? Are they found in the Old Testament? What is your answer? No, that is not the Sabbath taught by Yahuwah because it's not found in the Torah. It is the leaven of the Pharisees, the Sabbath of the Pharisees. They added so many man-made rules concerning the Sabbath to the point that they negated, negated the real purpose of the Sabbath. This is why our King Yahusha said in Matthew 12, 12, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Christ was not abolishing the Sabbath. No, what he's doing is he's restoring the Sabbath because it was added to so much leaven and man-made man -made rules were added to the observance of the Sabbath. It's a good thing our King Yahushua corrected the observance of the Sabbath as taught by the Pharisees. This is why if you look at Matthew 12, 12, it says, therefore, right? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Yahushua corrected the Pharisees about their misunderstanding concerning how to observe the Sabbath. What was this therefore about? Let's read the context. Matthew 12, 9 to 12. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to accuse Yahushua, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And this is what I believe Brother Bob really, really should read. Right, because he believes doing healing work on the Sabbath is not allowed. It's against the law of Yahuwah. But what was the answer of our King Yahushua? Yahushua says, he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? What is your answer? Yes. yes. Yahushua did not say it's against the law to heal on the Sabbath. Whose conclusion is that? The Pharisees. It's the Pharisees' observance of the Sabbath. The Pharisees say you cannot heal on the Sabbath. And then Yahushua has to tell them, well, if a sheep 
falls on the pit in the Sabbath, what are you going to do? You're going to help it, right? And then Yahushua says, how much more valuable is man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So what did Yahushua just do? Abolish the Sabbath? No, he corrected the observance of the Sabbath. Because in addition to all of those man-made rules that the Pharisees have come up with, included are the following, plucking heads of grain, Matthew 12, 1, right? They say that's forbidden work. Healing a person, carrying your mat, my goodness, putting mud in your eyes, according to the Pharisees, that's all not allowed on the Sabbath. But Yahushua corrected all of them. And so when you look at scripture, he corrects the misunderstanding, the misapplication. He removed the leaven from the doctrine concerning the Sabbath. This is why the Pharisee Sabbath is different from Yahuwah's Sabbath. It's different. And so when we look at what Yahushua taught concerning the Sabbath, works that preserve life, that's good. Works of worshiping Yahuwah, works of showing mercy, works of doing good, works of meeting together for fellowship and worship. This is all permitted when we observe the Sabbath. And so Yahushua, he did not abolish the Sabbath. I mean, if he abolished the Sabbath, then why did he say it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath? He should have just said, I have abolished the Sabbath. You don't need to observe the Sabbath. That's not what he did. He defended his disciples to prove to them what they did was not in violation of the Sabbath, but it was lawful. It was lawful according to the teachings of Yahuwah Abba. So when we look at the argument presented by Brother Ba, the Iglesia de Cristo, right? Uh, the question mark there, the Lord Jesus Christ did not observe the Sabbath. The Sabbath referred to, uh, the, the Sabbath that was not observed by Yahushua is whose Sabbath? The Pharisee Sabbath, of course not. Why would he observe the Pharisee Sabbath? He corrected the Pharisee Sabbath, but he did observe the Sabbath of Yahuwah. And so the Lord Jesus Christ did not observe Sabbath. And the conclusion, the Sabbath no longer applied to Christians, that has to be abolished because Yahushua continued to teach and continued to observe the true Sabbath, the one presented by Yahuwah Abba. Now, Brother Bob and the Iglesia de Cristo, when you look at their analysis, they're agreeing the wrong person with, with the wrong people. The wrong belief, right? They're agreeing with the Pharisees that healing is not permitted on the Sabbath. Okay, so the Pharisees, Brother Bob, the Iglesia de Cristo, they all agree you should not be healing on the Sabbath. You're sinning against God if you heal on the Sabbath. When you study the scriptures, New Testament, the Gospels, Yahushua did so many miracles, right? So many healings on what? Sabbath. You know why? Because when a person is afflicted with disease, he's in bondage, he is afflicted, he is carrying a burden of disease, right? What better way to illustrate the purpose of Sabbath, which is to give us rest, than to heal a person who is burdened by disease? This is why Yahusha chose the Sabbath, because it's a perfect illustration of what the Sabbath is all about. It's about the healing of human beings. 
This is why when you look at the Sabbath of Yahuwah Abba, it's not a burden. It's a delight. It's a delight. It is for us. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So who are we going to believe? Who are we going to believe about the Sabbath? The Pharisees? The Iglesia Cristo? Or Christ? I would believe Christ. You know why? Because Yahushua says, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Why did Yahushua say he's Lord of the Sabbath? Because in Matthew chapter 12, he's having a debate with who? The Pharisees. About what is allowed and permitted on the Sabbath. And so he gave examples after examples of what is allowed for the Sabbath. And to give his qualifications to be the one to teach us what is allowed during the Sabbath. What did he say? He said, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Pharisees are not Lord of the Sabbath. The Iglesia de Cristo is not the Lord of the Sabbath. It is Yahushua who is the Lord of the Sabbath. Therefore, he's the one who can teach us what we can do on the day of Sabbath. And so what does he teach? Well, going on from that place, he went into the synagogue. And the man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to accuse Yahushua. We asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Brother Bob, please, take, please listen. He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man than a sheep? Therefore, Brother Bob, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And so I hope Brother Bob can see the error of his argumentation. Matthew 12, 12 teaches us that we should be observing the Sabbath according to the teaching of Yahushua. Yahushua does not, does not abandon the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. And he wants us to follow the Sabbath according to his teachings because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. So do you follow Christ? And why are you not observing the Sabbath? Right? Didn't Lord Yahushua the Christ say that he is Lord of the Sabbath? You say you follow Christ, but you don't follow what he teaches about the Sabbath? He says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So we should do good on the Sabbath. You see, the true followers of Yahushua observe the Sabbath according to the teachings of Yahushua and not according to the teachings of the Pharisees. Okay? All right, let's go to uh, his next remark. The Christians in the Gentile world, likewise, they too, they didn't celebrate the Sabbath. And let's take a look at the evidence for that here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. We'll also read verse 23. Let no one criticize you in matters of food or drink or for not observing festivals, new moons, or the Sabbath. These doctrines may seem to be profound because they speak of religious observance and humility and of disregarding the body. In fact, they are useless as soon as the flesh rebels. So, dear friends, here Apostle Paul regarded the observance of the Sabbath as useless, a useless doctrine, and those who... Uh-huh, so according to Brother Bob, the Sabbath is useless, right? Before we go ahead and look at that statement, let's go first to what he said initially, and that was the Christians in the Gentile world. Likewise, they too didn't celebrate the Sabbath. And let's take a look at that 
the evidence for that here in, and then he quotes Colossians uh, chapter 2, 16 and 23. Let's go look first at Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Notice he mentions uh, in Colossians 2, 16, it says, not observing festivals, right? And so if Colossians 2, 16 does teach that we should no longer observe the Sabbath, then it's true that we should also no longer observe the festivals. Remember who wrote uh, Colossians? Who was it that wrote Colossians? Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Colossians. Apostle Paul is giving instruction to the Colossians. And that is Apostle Paul telling the Colossians no longer to observe the festivals, no longer to observe the Sabbath. Let's find out from the context of scripture in Corinthians 5, 7 to 8. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and Truth. And so according to Apostle Paul, did he tell the Christians no longer to observe the festivals of Yahuwah? What is your answer? Bible says, let us keep the feast. In this case, the feast of the Passover and the feast of unleavened bread. What also did the apostles tell us in Acts 18 to 21 when they asked him to stay longer uh, to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must, by all means, keep this coming feast in Jerusalem. But I will return again uh, to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. In Acts 20, verse 16, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he, would, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost, which is another feast. And so the Apostle Paul, the one who wrote Colossians, he is observing the feast and telling the followers of Christ to also keep the feast. This is why when we look at Colossians, where it says for not observing festivals, right? Um, Apostle Paul is very clear. Because if Colossians 2.16 teaches that Sabbath should no longer be observed, then the feast should also no longer be observed. But what we see is that the early Christians continue to observe the feast. Therefore, they should also observe the Sabbaths. And is this what we see when we look at the history of the Christians? Did they observe the Sabbath or did they stop observing the Sabbath? If we were to study the history of the people of God, the Christians, and the, the one who basically wrote the history of the Christians was Luke, right? According to Luke, which extends all the way to Acts, which tells the history of Christianity from its beginning during the days of Yahushua. According to Luke, did the Christians follow or did they forget about the Sabbath? Let's read Luke 23, 55, 56. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. And so according to Luke, a writer of the gospel, a historian, a physician, 
It was uncanny with his details. According to Luke, the early Christians, did they stop observing the Sabbath? Here we have a good, a good uh, example of women who were loyal to Yahusha, right? And this is why when he died, they made sure they were going to anoint his body with spices and fragrant oils. And so they went to the tomb. These people, these women, Mary, Magdalene and another Mary and several other women who were with them, they were devoted followers of Yahusha. Because now they're followers of Yahusha. Did they stop observing the Sabbath? It's very clear right there. They rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. What commandment is that? The Ten Commandments. And so the Sabbath was observed by the early Christians. At this time, when Luke was describing this event, there was a persecutor of the church. What was his name? Saul. But Saul would be called by Yahushua to become an apostle, right? And so we, we know him to be the apostle Paul. He was converted to Christianity. 10 to 15 years after the conversion of apostle Paul, did he stop observing Sabbath? Let's read Acts 13, 14 and 15. When they had departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent uh, to them saying, men and women, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he raised up Yahushua, as it is also written in the second Psalm. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. The apostle Paul, after he was converted, did he stop observing the Sabbath? No. He observed the Sabbath, especially when he went on his missionary journeys. He would take the time on the Sabbath day, and he would do what he does on the Sabbath day, which is to discuss scripture. Now, because he's a follower of Yahushua, when he discusses scripture, who does he add there? Yahushua. This is why when he meets with others during the Sabbath, the custom is they teach the law and the prophets. This time, Apostle Paul teaches the law and the prophets and also teaches the law and the prophets find fulfillment in who? Yahusha. Isn't that beautiful? You're a follower, an apostle of Yahusha, observing the Sabbath, giving glory to Yahusha on the Sabbath. And so when, Yahushua, when Apostle Paul discussed with the Jews and the Gentiles about the Sabbath, what was the effect of that? Let's read 42 to 44. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles, the Gentiles, these are not Jews, right? These are Gentiles. Begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. You notice the Gentiles and the Jews were in the synagogue together on the Sabbath. Now, when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. And so here, Apostle Paul, he was observing the Sabbath 10 to 15 years after his conversion. And what happens next is the, the council in Jerusalem, which is mentioned in the book of Acts, 
chapter 15. And it was about circumcision. What, what are we going to do with the Gentiles? Right? And so there were certain rules that were made. And so after this, what did Apostle Paul do? Let's go now to Acts 16, 11, 13. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were stay, staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. And so what did Apostle Paul take the time to do in the middle of his journey? Whenever it's Sabbath, he does what they do on Sabbath, which is to pray together and worship together. In this place, there was no synagogue, but there was a riverside. And that was where they customarily prayed. And so he went there purposely on a Sabbath. Why? Because he observed the Sabbath as a holy day of Yahuwah. And so even after the Jerusalem Council, the Sabbath was observed. Fast forward a couple of years later. Now we're about 20 years after Paul's conversion. Acts 17, 1 to 3. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Yahusha whom I preach to you is the Christ. Again, his custom observed the Sabbath to be a holy day wherein they devote themselves in prayer and reading of scripture. Several years pass by and Paul goes to Greece. What happens in Corinth? Let's read. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, whom Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from, from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And so here, when he went to Greece, he went to Corinth. Apostle Paul meets Aquila, right? And Priscilla. Where were they from? Italy. Where's Italy? Rome. You know this? They came from Rome. They went to Greece. Do you know why? Because according to historical records, there was a group of people there in Rome who was abolishing the feast and the Sabbath. We'll discuss that next week. This is why Aquila and Priscilla had to go to where they were observing the Sabbath. Who does he meet there? Paul. And what did they do together for some time? They worked their trade. What was their trade? Yeah, tent makers. And so they worked and they worked and they worked. Except when? The Sabbath, right? The Sabbath, what did they do? Well, they went to the synagogue because it was set apart as a holy day for who? Yahuwah. And this is why Yahusha said, and pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such 
as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. So Yahushua is telling us the Sabbath after he died, Mary and the other women, they observed it. The early Christians, they observed it. Apostle Paul, they all observed it. And Yahushua says, those who belong to him will continue to observe and recognize the Sabbath. This is why, according to historians, the book of Acts was completed around 63 AD, shortly before Paul's execution in Rome, covering the history of more than 30 years of the New Testament church. It shows that over a period of many years, Paul repeatedly taught Jews and Gentiles on the Sabbath, even though he was the apostle to the Gentiles. He never hinted to them in either his writings or his actions that the Sabbath was obsolete or unnecessary. Yahusha taught it. Yahusha said he's the Lord of the Sabbath. The followers of Yahusha observed the Sabbath. Apostle Paul continued to observe the Sabbath and teach the Sabbath. And then Apostle Paul says in Hebrews 4.9, there remains a rest for the people of God. What is that rest Apostle Paul mentions? If we look at the Greek word of rest, it is sabbatismos. In Galatians 4, this is the only time this Greek word is used. And what does that mean? It's different from the general rest vocabulary. Because sabbatismos means a keeping Sabbath. The blessed rest from toils and troubles looked for in the age to come by the true worshipers of God and the true Christians. So it is Sabbath keeping. That's the first and primary definition of Sabbath. And so the early Christians, including the Gentiles, they observed the Sabbath. This is why this conclusion here, it's false, very much false. But let's go back to Colossians 2, verse 16. Why then does Apostle Paul say, right, right, let no one criticize you in matters of food or drink or for not, for not observing festivals, for not observing the Sabbath. Take a look at the translation he used. What is the translation he used? CCB. You know what that stands for? Christian Community Bible, a Catholic translation. Now let's look at other translations. In the other translations of scripture, does it have not observing in it? Well, let's, let's look at Colossians 2.16, New King James. So let, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Does it say do not observe it? No. How about the AMP? Therefore, let no one sit in judgment on you in matters of food and drink or with regard to a feast day or a new moon or a Sabbath. Does it mention not observing? No. How about NIV? Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Do we find not observing there? No. It's, it mentions in relation to or in regard to, right? And if we want to really be accurate, let's go to the actual Greek. This is the interlinear of Colossians 2.16. You notice it does not mention not observing. What it mentions, not therefore anyone you judge in eating and in drinking or in respect to a feast or a new moon or Sabbaths. So what Apostle Paul is saying, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. 
And so Apostle Paul in Colossians 2.16 is not telling us that we should not observe the Sabbath. In fact, what it's actually telling us is that Apostle Paul says, continue to observe the Sabbath and don't let these outsiders influence you. Do not let them judge you, right, concerning your observance of the Sabbath. Do you see that? This actually tells us that Apostle Paul is confirming that the Colossians were observing and following the Sabbath. Apostle Paul was telling the Colossians not to let the outsiders, the pagans and false believers, the Pharisees, to influence their observance of the feast and the Sabbath. And so the Colossians were practicing the festivals and the Sabbaths. And these Colossians were Gentiles. This is why when Kabbalah says the Christians in the Gentile world, likewise, they too didn't celebrate the Sabbath. That's completely wrong. Now let's look at what he says, though, because he adds to that. He says, Apostle Paul considered the Sabbath useless. And how does he make that conclusion? Well, he cites Colossians 2.16, right? Let no one criticize you in matters of food or drink or for not observing festivals, the moons or the Sabbath. And then he adds verse 23. And 23 says, these doctrines may seem to be profound, because they speak of religious observance and humility and of disregarding the body. In fact, they are useless as soon as the flesh rebels. And so here, Apostle Paul mentions doctrines that are useless. And according to Brother Bob, the useless doctrines Apostle Paul was referring to was what? The Sabbath. But is that true? Look at Colossians 2, 16, 23. In 23, the, these doctrines that Apostle Paul was referring to, is he referring to the Sabbath? Well, we need to look at the context. Colossians 2, 20 to 23 in the Christian Community Bible, because apparently he has an affinity for this translation. So let's look at Colossians 2, 20 and 23. 23 says, these doctrines may seem to be profound because they speak of religious observance and humility and of disregarding the body. In fact, they are useless as soon as the flesh rebels. You know, right from verse 23, we can already tell that Apostle Paul is not speaking about the Sabbath there, right? Why? Because it says disregarding the body. Is the Sabbath disregarding the body? No, it's giving rest to your body it's not disregarding the body so we already know the doctrines referred to by apostle paul in, when he said these doctrines is not referring to the sabbath well what was it referring to well, let's find out colossians 2 20 if you have really died with christ and are rid of the principles of the world why do you now let yourselves be taught as if you belong to the world because remember these people from Colossus, they were Gentiles, okay? Do not eat this, do not taste that, do not touch that. These are human rules and teachings referring to things that are perishable, that wear out and disappear. These doctrines may seem to be profound because they speak of religious observance and humility and of disregarding the body. In fact, they are useless as soon as the flesh rebels. And so what were the doctrines, Apostle Paul, referring to? which is useless. It's the principles of the world, human rules and 
teachings. Question, is the Sabbath a principle of the world? Come on, Brother Bob. Is the Sabbath the principles of the world? Is the Sabbath a human rule and a human teaching? One of the Ten Commandments etched by the finger of God? And Brother Bob will say it's a human rule? Come on. How can the Sabbath be a human rule? Clearly, Apostle Paul, when he said useless, he was referring not to the Sabbath, but human rules and teachings. But Brother Bob says, Apostle Paul considered the Sabbath useless. What does that mean? He made an error in his interpretation. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but he's taking Colossians 2.23 out of context, which is what he does a lot, if you notice that. This is why test everyone. Test me. You know, test every preacher that's out there. Because it's so easy to take things out of context, right? And so when we look at this statement, Apostle Paul considers the Sabbath useless. No. What Apostle Paul considered useless were the principles of the world, the human rules and human teachings. What did Yerusha call that? Leaven. And in this case, it's not the leaven and the Pharisees. It also included something else. That's why when you look at the comparison, right, Barbab, you need to see. The, the doctrines referred to are the, the, their useless, our human rules and teachings, the principles of the world. This is why Apostle Paul said, this is why he had to say in Colossians, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. And so there were people judging the Colossians, those who are followers of Yahusha. They were judging them. Do not let anyone who is anyone who were believing these human rules and teachings and the principles of the world. Colossians 2.18. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen. And his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. So Apostle Paul, when he said these doctrines which are useless... He's speaking about doctrines of these people judging the Colossian Christians who were believing in angels to be worshipped. Wait a minute. Were we ever taught to worship angels? No. This is why Yahushua, Apostle Paul was warning the Colossians about this group. This group who are worshipping angels. This group who is judging them about how they celebrate the feast and the Sabbaths. And so who are they? They were Gnostics, Pharisees, other pagans in Kalos, because they were known to worship angels and denied sensory pleasure. Clearly, Apostle Paul was referring to their doctrines, not Sabbath. That's why in Colossians 2, the Gnostics opposed the feast days and other laws from Moses, and Apostle Paul warned them about them. See it then that no one enslaves you by means of the worthless deceit of human wisdom. The Sabbath is not human wisdom, which comes from the teachings handed down by human beings. The Sabbath, did that come from you? Was that handed down by a human being? It was handed down by Yahuwah, right? And from the ruling spirits of the universe and not from Christ. And so Apostle Paul was warning the followers of Yahushua in Kolos, be careful. Don't let these people who worship the universe judge you about how you observe the 
Sabbath, Colossians 2, 13 and 15. You were at one time spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were Gentiles without the law. But God has not brought you to life with Christ. God forgave us all our sins. He canceled the unfavorable record of our debts with its binding rules and did away with it completely by nailing it to the cross. And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by leaving them as captives in his victory procession. And so Apostle Paul was telling them, no longer should you believe in the wisdom, the knowledge of these pagans who are ruled, who are ruled by other spiritual rulers. Rather, because you were baptized into Yahushua, you have new life in Christ, you are to observe the Sabbath as taught by the Lord of the Sabbath, who is the Christ. We are to observe it, and we should not let outsiders influence our observance, which is why Apostle Paul says, let no one judge you. Do you see the connection now? Do you see Colossians 2.16 now in context? When you see it in context, Colossians 2.16 proves that the early Christians, including the Gentiles, observed the festivals and the Sabbaths, right? But he goes on and he says this. Friends, here Apostle Paul regarded the observance of the Sabbath as useless, useless doctrine. And those who then observed the Sabbath, despite having known the true God and been in the true faith, are turning back and are being again enslaved by weak and miserable principles by observing special days, special months, special seasons, or years, or Sabbaths. Okay, so he quote, I quote him, friends here, Apostle Paul regarded the observance of the Sabbath as useless, a useless doctrine, and those who observe the Sabbath, despite having known the true God, and been in the true faith, and turning back, and are being again enslaved by weak and miserable principles, by observing special days, special months, special seasons, special years, or Sabbaths. And so, Brother Bob tells us it's not good for a faithful Christian to observe the Sabbath because to observe the Sabbath means we go back, right, to these miserable principles. Can you imagine that? Those who observe the Sabbath despite having known the true God and been in the true faith are turning back and are being again enslaved by weak and miserable principles by observing special days, special months, special seasons, special years, or Sabbaths. I want you to kind of look at the words he used. He calls the Sabbath weak and miserable principles. Yahushua says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Yahuwah said, the Sabbath is my covenant sign between me and my people forever. And here's Brother Bob. And he's calling the Sabbath a weak and miserable principle. Think about that, brethren. Iglesia de Cristo. Brother Bob, because he's not going to teach this without the blessing of the Iglesia de Cristo higher ups. They think and they teach and I want you to remember this. They teach that the Sabbath is a weak and miserable principle. How dare they 
How dare they call the Sabbath a weak and miserable principle? I challenge him. Does the Bible ever call the Sabbath a weak and miserable principle? Where does it say that? Yahuwah says, consider my Sabbath a delight. It is a sign, a covenant between me and my people forever. Where does it say? In the Bible that Yahuwah is saying, or the Bible says that the Sabbath is a weak and miserable principle. That's not what the Bible says. But you know what? Brother Bob's going to say, well, I got that quote from the Bible. Yeah. I was kind of shocked because he could have actually, what, he's, what he mentioned there in the yellow highlight is actually a passage of scripture, right? And I'm kind of surprised why didn't he post the scripture? Why did he just read it without posting it? I'm kind of surprised. So I put the verse there to his right, right? That's what he posts. That's what he wanted to, to say, right? Because look at Galatians 4, 9 to 10. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. And so what he said on the right, he quotes from Galatians 4, 9 to 10. So he's saying, well, it's not me. <laughs> it's the Bible teaching that the Sabbath is weak and miserable. Boy, 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 boy. Wait a minute. Is that what it actually says? I want you, brothers and sisters, read Galatians 4, 9 to 10. And I ask you, do you find the word Sabbath in there? Read it. I'll give you time to read it. Brother Bob, why don't you read it? I'll give you time to read it. Do you find the word Sabbath in there? What do you find in there? You find days, months, seasons, and years. That's not mentioned Sabbath, does it? Right? But look at the right. What does Brother Bob add? He says days, months, seasons, years. And then what did he add? Oh, boy. <laughs> Brother Bob, we're not supposed to add or subtract from the Bible. And what he subtracted and called the miserable and weak principle is the Sabbath. Apostle Paul did not mention that. He's not talking about the Sabbath here, right? Then what was he talking about when he said weak and miserable principles? What was he talking about? Let's go read Galatians 4, right? 9 to 10. There's 9 to 10. But know that you know, but now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it? That you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. So Apostle Paul mentions special days, special months, seasons and years. And he calls them miserable and weak principles. Now what was he referring to? As the days, months, seasons and years which he equates to be based upon weak and miserable principles. Not the Sabbath, not the laws of Yahuwah Abba. What was he referring to? Read verse 8, Brother Bob. Iglesia de Cristo, read verse 8. Read it. This is what we find. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. You see, Apostle Paul was writing to who? 
Galatians. They were pagans. This is why Apostle Paul said, you, he was addressing the pagans, you who formerly did not know God. They were pagans. And so they worshipped nature. <laughs> they worshipped those who are nature, not gods. So they worshipped, you know, the moon, uh, the stars. They worshipped creation rather than God. Because that's what pagans do. And so they became converted to Christianity. And Apostle Paul's telling them, why are you going back to these celebrations that the pagans in Galatia were doing? Because you have to remember, when they were called to be a follower of Yahushua, they had to give up these, wet, these weak and miserable principles. And maybe they kind of felt left out, right? The others are doing all these celebrations that the Galatians were fond of doing. Do you know what they were? The Galatians... The pagan Galatians, they know how to have fun. <laughs> Why? Well, who are these Galatians? Well, they were Celtic people dwelling in Galatia. They were pagans. And they observed much of the Celtic pagan rituals. If you read, for example, the Wikipedia, it tells you they practice a form of animism, ascribing human characteristics to lakes, streams, mountains, and other natural features. This is why Apostle Paul says these are weak and beggarly elements. Don't go back to that. The Galatians, the pagans there in Galatia, that's the religion they practiced. And they also had fun festivals, which is like Halloween today. The Samhain. Not only did they have the Samhain festival, they also had many special days, special months, special seasons and years. They have the spring equinox. Uh, they also have a harvest beginning on August the 1st, a special day. Lumnasa, they have the fall equinox. They have the winter solstice celebration. They have the May, uh, May Day, midsummer solstice celebration. And so they followed a calendar, just like what pagans do, right? And they observe special days and festivities. And so when Apostle Paul said, do not observe these special days and weeks and years and seasons, he wasn't referring to the Sabbath. Otherwise, he would have mentioned Sabbath. He was referring to the beggarly elements. Apostle Paul would never call the Sabbath a beggarly element, a weak and miserable principle. Never will Apostle Paul say that. He was referring to the pagan practice of the Galatians. Clearly, Paul was referring to the Galatians' old ways. He fears that the Galatian converts might go back to their immoral, filthy, and indecent actions in worship of idols and witchcraft might go back to being envious, right? They want to get drunk again, have orgies and other things like that. Apostle Paul said, do not do that. Don't go back there. And so Apostle Paul is not referring to the festivals and Sabbaths of the Torah, but the Celtic Druid monthly and annual festivals. This research, by the way, was done not by me but by one, one of the members of the assembly. And I will not mention her name, but uh, I'm thankful that she gave me that about Galatians. I didn't even know that. But that tells you that in Galatia, there were a lot of pagans and they knew how, they knew how to have fun. They have a lot of festivities. And the apostle Paul said, don't go back there, right? Formerly, he said, when you, do not, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature were not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? 
Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Do you see now what Apostle Paul meant when he said weak and miserable principles? Clearly, it's not what? The Sabbath. Because the Gentiles, they did not know the Sabbath. They did not. He was referring to the festivals of the Galatian pagans, the Celtic traditions. This is why INC's wrong understanding. Apostle Paul rebukes those who go back to observing the Sabbath and the religious festivals. That's not what it says in letter and in context. It does not say that. It does not. The right understanding is Apostle Paul rebukes the Gentile converts who go back to pagan beliefs and rituals. This is why when we look at the argument given by Iglesia de Cristo and Brother Bob, clearly it's taken out of context, right? I mean, we have studied in three parts, but we're not yet finished. There's actually a part four. And part four is pretty fun because do you still remember Shumalite or Shulamite? Yes. Guess what answer Brother Bob gives to Shulamite? You will not believe it. You will be shocked. But we will give Shulamite the complete answer. And when we uncover that, you will see beyond a shadow of a doubt. Sabbath is to be forever. Sabbath is the sign of Yahuwah. And those who desecrate it, they sever themselves from fellowship with Yahuwah Abba. You don't want to miss that episode next week. So we do hope that you will come back to complete this series. Part four will be the promise, the final one for this series. Okay, let us stand and we shall pray together. Almighty and loving Father. Yes, Father. Yahuwah, our gracious Allahim. Thank you for giving us clarity. Yes. We know that the Sabbath is your command. Yes. You gave it to us even from the time of creation. You yes. made it special and holy. Amen. Help us, Father, to proclaim your words boldly yes. against those who seek to desecrate the Sabbath. Amen. Help us, Father, that when we preach and share this truth, many will receive it with open yes. arms, open minds and hearts and be embraced by your loving care. Loving and merciful Yahusha, we also praise and worship you. May you bless us with enlightenment, and may you strengthen our faith and heal us of all our diseases. Father, thank you for being with us today. We ask that you please continue to watch over your people. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.